Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to the Championship Weekend Edition of the Fields of Fantasy Podcast. Pestle and Ed with you remotely as we continue to enjoy our Christmas festivities. How are you, Ed? Yeah, I'm very, very good. Uh, not quite Christmased out yet, but um, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I had a disappointing final week in the playoffs. I think I'm in two championship games, but the two that I really wanted to get through to, I think there was one where I was defending my title, which I'm disappointed I haven't got to the final. There was another one where I really, I've kind of dominated all season, then had a really bad week. So I should be in four, um, possibly five, but I've only ended up in two, which is a bit disappointing. What about you? I've ended up in three, which I'm surprised about because I thought I was on track for none uh, partway through the season. But I'm also quite happy I'm in the final of our charity invitational that we did alongside the TH Fantasy Football Best Ball Bonanza. So I'm in line for potentially a big cash prize, which would be lovely. Uh, are you guaranteed any money as runner-up or is it winner-takes-all? No, so I'm guaranteed 40, but I think could come away with um, with 100. I can't remember the divisions exactly, but yeah, I've got something. So it's not been a waste of a season. Well, good luck to your opponent. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> This will be our last main season show because we have no interest for Week 18 fantasy football. If you're doing Week 18 fantasy football for your championship, don't bother. Make this the last ever season. There's no point. There will be so many players sitting, it makes it even more difficult to navigate than it is usually. And it is going to be difficult to navigate this weekend if you're in that championship game, depending on some injuries you may have picked up. Our plan for the next couple of weeks then is we will have Fancy 5 releasing on Sunday this week. We're going to do a Sunday morning record. We'll have a brief injury report this show and then a more detailed breakdown on Sunday morning. We will then have our rundown of the Championship weekend next week. And then, excitingly, we'll have our Fancy Football Awards show the week after before we then have a little look at mapping out what our off-season podcast schedule will look like. Is that about covers for our intro, Ed? Yeah, a nice... Simple intro for a nice, simple show. One thing we will draw reference to, then we will draw reference to it every single opportunity. Remember, this show is now award shortlisted in the Sports Podcast Awards. So please look around your social media and please, please, please vote for us in that. We've said before, we are up against the big boys. So we need all of your support on that, especially those of you listening in the UK. As a little added extra and incentive, we will discuss something exciting that we have for you if you're getting involved with that. But we'll mention that later on when we have our ad from the state side, boys. Right, let's get stuck in there. And now this is going to be challenging this week. If what you're about to listen to is seamlessly edited and all comes together, then it is a victory for the format because we have never done a Heroes and Zeros remotely before. So we are hoping that Riverside Studio Online is going to give us seamless transition and absolutely zero lag. All this could be monstrous. Let's see how it goes. Fantasy Heroes. George only pickings up four receptions, but they were for 195 yards and two touchdowns as he tore through the Bengals' defence. Brees Hall is a stud. RB5 for the season in that offence is just insane. 43 points and RB1 this week. Puka put up yet another pucker performance. He proved beyond doubt it wasn't just pie in the sky for his preseason believers. Mike Evans is more reliable than a Ravens playoff choke. Evans had another two touchdowns this week. That's 13 for the season. Wide receiver six overall. Joe Flacco looks fresh as a daisy at 38. He put in his third top 12 performance of the week and was QB1 for fantasy for the first time since 
2014. We wrote him off and he woke up. What a week for Amari Cooper. 11 of 15, 265 yards and two touchdowns, then 51.5 fantasy points. I have two bones of contention there, Edward. <laughs> I thought you might have one. <laughs> I don't think we did write at Cooper. I think we had earlier in the season, we were worried because of the QB play. Oh, okay. But we'd said he was in for a bigger role with Flacco. <laughs> However, <laughs> wh- why, 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 why was it necessary to, to bring the Ravens playoff record into it? <laughs> just, give, just give me something. It's horrible what's happening with the Ravens. I don't like it. So I've got to have something to cling on to. You, Edward. Belong on this list. Fantasy Zeros. How bad must Jimmy G be for this guy to get the starting gig? Aidan O'Connell, 9 of 21 for 62 yards. Sam had a howler as he was benched again for Brissett. I was right about him. Eventually. A-chan maybe cost you a championship place. A terrible week. RB 52. James Cook was on a slow simmer this week after being the hero last. His four points were still more than Dalvin though. At times, it's looked like D-Hop has been playing on one leg this season, his seventh week at wide receiver 50 or worse, a big fat bus. The much-storied Bayed, dominance of the Colts defence, came crashing to an end against the Falcons of all teams. I mean, that was only a couple of takes for the Zeros and Heroes seemed to go all right. Well, yeah, I'm sure you'll work your magic in the edit, Mark. With the magic of our showmanship, Edward. That's right. That's why we are award nominated. <laughs> oh, we got it in again. <laughs> our other notables this week, then, in the interest of not spending our whole time looking at data and looking at numbers over the festive period, we've just picked out a couple of games each that we would like to look at. Would you like to go first or second, Ed? Uh, shall I kick off? Um, I, I had a look at Lions at Vikings because I just thought it was uh, important to make reference to the Lions. Big win for them to clinch the division title and a playoff place. Nick Mullins managed to score 18.54 points despite four interceptions, which I was quite impressed by. I'm not sure how he got anywhere near 20, but he did. Uh, it was a great week again for Gibbs and Monty. So reliable, that one-two punch. Three touchdowns between them on the ground. Big scores for three receivers. Well, the two studs you'd have probably expected, Amon Ra and JJ, they got you big points. But KJ Osborne was a bit of a surprise. I'll talk more about him later in the waiver wire. Uh, and the Lions' de- defence racked up their second-best score of the season. So, so a few interesting talking points there. I'm going to pick up them with two of our heroes, and that is in the Browns-Texans game. Browns 36, Texans 22. What I wanted to look at is the impact Joe Flacco has had on that receiving group, namely Amari Cooper and David Njoku. So, under... Deshaun Watson, Cooper was averaging 17.6 fantasy points per game. Under DTR, he was averaging higher or lower, Ed? Much be, must be much lower. What are you going for? 17.6 under Watson, what under DTR? Uh, Cooper, I reckon it's something like 7 or 8. 4.5. Ouch. Under Joe Flacco now, granted we have the significant outlier of a 50-plus point week, but he has been good before that as well. 28.4 fantasy points per game. And he wasn't going to get a week like he got this week under DTR and likely under Watson. And Joku under Watson was averaging 8.5, higher or lower under DTR? Lower. Higher. Oh. We know, Ed, that a rookie QB's best friend is his tight end. That's, and that's who he was using. Sorry. 11.7, but 
and this has been fairly steady as well, under Flacco, 23.3. The running game has gone for fantasy in Cleveland, though neither Hunt or Ford have been a top 12 running back since week seven, and both have spending much of their time outside the top 24, especially Kareem Hunt. Saying that, where you drafted him, Ford is probably still getting it done as a flex play each week. Although, obviously, the, the goal is to have a player up in the top 12 area. When you're drafting Ford later on, if you've got someone who is steady and flexing, is constantly around that running back two, running high-end running back three region, you're doing all right, really. For the Texans, good to see Collins back. Hopefully, Stroud will return this week. He's one to watch, especially if you are relying on Nico Collins for any of your matchups this weekend. Who have you got, Ed? Yeah, so I thought I'd have a look at Bills at Chargers. Much closer game than many people expected, and there's a few really interesting stats to come out of it. First of all, the running backs. It was a horrible game for running backs, uh, as the two RB1s were very quiet, Cook and Eckler. Eckler, I think, as we'll talk about in the Fancy Five show later in the week, is definitely a bust, and he just proved that this week. And Dishonest Gabe, I think, I think you posted about that, Mark, was at it again. Four of six for 130 yards and a touchdown. I'm sure he was on many a bench, uh, just like he always is when he scores big. Can we talk about Stefan Diggs? His form has absolutely dropped off a cliff. Now, bearing in mind, earlier in the season, after maybe about eight weeks, I'd say he was up there with Lamb and with Hill in that kind of conversation. But he's just, well, the last, in five of the last six weeks, he's been wide receiver 45 or worse. And he's dropped now to wide receiver eight overall. So I'm not quite sure what's happening there. He is getting fewer targets, but um, there just seems to be a breakdown in communication between him and Alan, who, you know, Alan's still putting up big scores and he's still finding receivers. I think, to be honest, if Bills are going to, first of all, make the playoffs and, and go deep in the playoffs, you know, they need that to work, don't they? Like Diggs, Diggs and um, Allen need to find that connection again, really. I don't think they go deep without that. What about you? There was a lack of harmony, wasn't the pre-season between Diggs and Allen, if I remember rightly, at training camp. So, And when Allen was talking about that, he put a lot of that on himself and his leadership. And so I wonder if there's anything going on there more than just the actual ability of both players, possibly. Just on a dishonest game, I'm looking at his stat line now, and it is just ridiculous. I'm not going to run down the whole season, but let's just go since week eight. So week eight, 23.7. Week nine, zero. Week 10, 9.6. Week 11, zero. Week 12, 22.5. Week 14, because it was the week 13 by, zero. Week 15, zero. Week 16, 23. If you were starting it's just, it, it, it. I mean, it's not even like, doesn't have, you know, Okay weeks, it's zero. How does he go from zero to 23? I don't know. Going into the week, he was rostered 74% of leagues and only started in 18%. You're over the moon if he did pull the trigger on starting him. And, and I'd imagine most of those people are, are people who've given up yeah. or who aren't fussed because, uh, you know, if you watch him, you just don't trust him, do you? I, I've got him in I've got him in that 16-team league that we've got and he, he's let me down time and again. I've not really had another option and I've had to put him in. Uh, final thing from Bills at Chargers, I just wanted to say, Dick of the Kicker, because I like that rhyming, uh, got 21 points. Let's go to the main event, the top table of Week 16. Ravens 33, 49ers 19. And there were fancy relevant players at every position. Not necessarily for both teams, but Purdy and Lamar Jackson swap places in the MVP conversation, really. CMC is probably ahead of Purdy for my money to now. CMC is probably ahead of Purdy for my money too now as well. You talk about the MVP betting, you've got to do it on the big stage. And we had said last week that 
Purdy hasn't always got it done against aggressive defences. And he didn't do it this week either. Four interceptions, no touchdown passes, and had to tag in Sam Darnold. Yeah, that's not great. I'll just let that hang there a little moment. Jackson now QB4 on the season. Nine games as a QB1, but only five top five games. Only one bust game then. So we say a proper bust game for a QB is below 10. You're not happy with 10 to 15, but a bust game is below 10. He's been more consistent than most, and he's not felt very consistent, has he? Yeah, it's a really odd one with MVP this season, because I think, like you say, if they're gonna, if it's going to be on the best player, it is CMC. He should be MVP, because I don't think there is a quarterback that has stood head and shoulders above. Mahomes has been nowhere near. You could argue Allen from a fancy perspective, but I don't know from a real football perspective whether he's been MVP or he's even in the conversation. And then really it's down to Purdy and Jackson, like you say. And I don't think Hertz comes into the conversation. So, yeah, Jackson has has been solid, but nowhere like the Jackson of previous MVP Jackson. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see who ends up getting it. CMC definitely cemented his place as the RB1 and number one fantasy player overall this season, though. And as you say, he's got to be high in that conversation for MVP for real-world football. Zay Flowers had a season high for targets and receptions and his third 20-plus game. Still only five in total, over 15. Uh, happy with that line. That's what we regard as good for a wide receiver, isn't it? But he's it's been his uptick in form. It's been the last five or six weeks where he, he has broke, yeah. broke through. So I think he'll carry that on in. And he's, it's going to be fascinating seeing how, how well he does in his sophomore season. The Baltimore defence are so solid. The game itself started like a pair of heavyweights sounding each other out. It really could have gone either way. And then the momentum swung and stayed in the favour of Baltimore. Um, Purdy's kind of spooked quite clearly from those interceptions. And that Baltimore defence is going to have a lot to say in that playoff run, but but also potentially for any of your Miami Dolphins rostered players as well on the championship weekend. I spent the whole of Boxing Day trying to avoid this score because I was out with family, so I managed to watch it at the end of the evening. I'd seen one or two bits where comments I'd seen by accident made me think, mm, do you know what, I think we've probably won this. But then the way the game started... I was I was starting to worry a little bit as well. But a game I don't think we were expecting to be that clear cut a win for either team, certainly not the Ravens. Incredibly impressive. I know I joked earlier about the Ravens in the playoffs, but at the moment, it's funny how it's kind of switched, you know, backwards and forwards between different teams. 49ers looked unbeatable, but at the moment, I don't see who stops the Ravens, certainly not in the AFC, you know, not the way the Chiefs are playing at the moment, but you never know. Chiefs do seem to click into gear in the playoffs. This week, obviously, no bye weeks. Thursday night football, Jets versus Browns. So we're recording this Thursday morning, hopefully with you by Thursday afternoon. So make sure we check those Jets and Browns players in your lineups. And Saturday night football, we've got Lions-Cowboys. That should be a great Saturday night football game. We're not going to drop a main injury report this episode because we're going to be doing that in more depth on Sunday. But just a couple of notable injuries. I think TJ Hawkinson is probably the main one. He will have got people to championship games. And we'll talk more about some options for him later on. Stroud, we're not sure about yet. He seems to be back in practice, so we'll see what happens there. But the way concussions are, especially for quarterbacks, we'll keep an eye there. Trevor Lawrence potentially out again this weekend. We'll watch for news on that. And Jalen Waddle's also going to be out. So great news for Tyreek Hill owners in championship games. If you've been relying on Waddle, though, that is not good news for you. But let's have a look at those sits. Sits of the week. 
So this week, the starts and sits are probably more relevant to DFS, really, because if you're in a championship game, your roster is likely locked in. But there may be a couple of options you want to consider moving away from if they've been your stalwarts. And say, if you're trying to avoid coming bottom of your league in the toilet bowl, a couple of these you might want to consider as well. Fewest fancy points against over the last four weeks, then QBs, the Jets, they've got Browns. I probably sit Flacco this week, despite all the hype. Jets over the whole of this season, given up 12.19 points to QBs, and the last four weeks, 8.2. They have been really, really consistent. So temper your expectations if you're rolling with Flacco. Falcons have got the Bears. Depends what else you've got, but you might want to look at your bench or waivers, possibly. And we've got a couple of options for you. If you have got Justin Fields, you're probably going to roll with Justin Fields though because of that upside for his running. Bills Patriots, you're not in a championship game if you have Zappi or Jones. And if you're in a toilet bowl, you've probably looked elsewhere already. So that is of no concern to anybody. Wide receivers, once again, we said about the Jets are giving up the fewest points to wide receivers as well. Lower your expectations from 50 plus points for Cooper, but still start Amari Cooper. Second, we've got the Falcons. Once again, got the Bears. Steer clear or monitor DJ Moore if you need a flex play. I don't think you're able to play him with confidence after ankle injury, though, depending on what news we get this week. And third fewest, we've got the Colts. They've got the Raiders. Who knows? If you're drafting, you're probably going to play Adams because you won't have the depth with your first pick at wide receiver. It might be the right choice. It might be disastrous. Literally have no idea when it comes to calling Devontae Adams anymore. Running backs. Fewest points, the Rams, they've got the Giants. Saquon may be a flex at best. We've seen him be very up and down this season, but you're not benching Saquon Barkley. Bill's got the Patriots. Zeke could still have flex value, but it depends who else you've got rostered. I'd expect him to be a very popular start sick question this weekend. And third, Raiders, they've got the Colts. You'll roll the dice on Jonathan Taylor anyway. You're not benching Jonathan Taylor. Finally then, tight ends. Cowboys got the Lions. You might want to bench Laporta if you have other options. However, if you ended up with a Laporta, chances are you cleared house of other tight ends on your roster. Second fewest, we've got the Commanders. They've got the 49ers. You're playing George Kittle anyway, especially after how well he played against the Ravens last weekend. And third fewest, the Vikings. They've got the Packers. This is probably a week to avoid Musgrave and Kraft. Anyone you want to mention that we've picked up on there before I go into my main sit of the weekend? I just find it interesting, uh, uh, some of the, the names that come out there. Like, I mean, like Zeke. Zeke's been an interesting one this season. We were quite low on him, weren't we, early on? But he, he's had a few a few really fancy relevant weeks recently. And um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him next season. I think it's very Stevenson dependent with him, obviously, the fact that we was him in that job share. Now he's had the role more to himself. But yeah, you're right. I think it's shown that he's still a little bit in the tank when he's given that clear run at the role. My sit of the week, then, this is someone I've mentioned a couple of times over the last few weeks has been someone I would sit in a championship game, and that is Tua Tungavailoa, who is against the Ravens this week. Over the course of the season, the Ravens' defence have given up the fewest fancy points to QBs at 11.3, and the last four games, 13th fewest, 15.62, but that was mainly due to Matt Stafford's 24-point week. They've been given up the sixth fewest passing yards against over the whole of the season. They've got 16 interceptions, joint third, 10 forced fumbles, joint sixth. And that gives a total of 26 takeaways, first in the league. I'd be looking elsewhere other than Tua, I think, this week. What about you? Yeah, yeah, big time. I think Tua's, Tua's form has just gone really off the boil, hasn't he? And, you know, any anyone against the Ravens' defence at the moment is going to struggle massively. So, I think I've got him in, I think it's just in one of the, you know, fifth, sixth playoff games, Tua. Uh, and I think I've got a better option on the bench. I can't remember who it is, um, but Tua's... 
who has definitely let me down uh, recently. Time for a little break. Want to get closer to Super Bowl 58 on game day? Pre-order your official Super Bowl program now. Featuring a holographic cover and unique artwork to celebrate Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You can have your copy of the official Super Bowl program in time for kickoff. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now to guarantee yours. Viva Las Vegas! Thank you very much, Malcolm. So remember, if you want a copy of the stadium edition of that program, then head over to statesidesports.co.uk. Or you could also get yourselves over to our social media pages for a chance to win. That's right, Edward, win a free copy of the Super Bowl 58 stadium program. And how we'll do that is as follows. What we'd like to do on Twitter or Exit is now known. We'd like you underneath our post that will be pinned at the top of our profile. Post a screenshot of you voting for us in the Sports Podcast Awards. Have we mentioned we're in that, Ed? Um, I think we maybe did once or twice. So that will give you one entry. You can then also post a screenshot of you following or subscribing to this podcast on the podcast app of your choice. That will give you a second entry. And then just share our original post. That will give you a third entry. So that will give everyone the chance for three entries into that. We will then do a prize draw where we'll select someone at random on Sunday the 28th of January. Then you'll be in with a chance of winning yourself a copy of the Super Bowl 58 programme that will be dispatched to you in time for the big game itself from the boys at Stateside Sports. Exciting times, Ed. Very exciting. It's really exciting to give away a prize. Our first prize. So yeah, get yourselves over to statesidesports.co.uk if you want to guarantee one by ordering it or head over to our social media pages and get involved for your chance to win one. Starts of the week. So looking at some of our starts of the week then, I mean, any possible pickups here are likely only to be relevant for toilet bowl, consolation, bracket games, and until we get to tight ends. So giving up the most points to QBs are the Rams. They've got the Giants this week. I'm not starting DeVito. I'm not starting Taylor. Second, the Jags, they've got the Panthers. I don't think I'd start Bryce Young either, despite a good week. And then third, Packers, they've got the Vikings. I would consider starting Mullins. Only 15% rostered, and he could potentially save your bacon this week if you're in a QB quandary. He's had steady points last couple of weeks, and he's just slinging the ball, and Addison and Jefferson are catching it. So he could be worth a potential play if you want to pivot. Would you start Mullins over Tua? Um, with that matchup, quite possibly, yes. Which I don't think at any point we'd have been saying earlier. In the, well, we wouldn't have been because Mullins wasn't even starting earlier in the season. But yeah, Mullins could legitimately be a better option. We'll monitor that last week, see if it has come off. Wide receivers, Rams once again giving it the most. They've got the Giants, as we've already said. Robinson might be a nice DFS play this week. Potentially flex play if you're desperate. Second most over the last four games, the Ravens have got the Dolphins. And it's all going to be Tyreek Hill this week. He'll get a solid score regardless of what we said about Tua. Cedric Wilson could also be a useful pickup and he might be a nice DFS play as well. And then third most, Packers. Again, once again with the Vikings. If you held on to JJ through injury and you still made your championship game, here's your reward. He should be in for an absolutely massive week. Running backs, most points, the Commanders. Congratulations if you have CMC in the championship game. Unlucky if you're against him because he should be set for a monster stat line this week. Second, Colts, they've got the Raiders. Monitor Josh Jacobs to see with his injury. White is only 35% rostered. He could be a good play this week after a good week last week as well. And then third most, Cardinals have got the Eagles. Swift always feels like a flex play at best, regardless of the matchup, really. I think probably 
that's more of a bump up for points for Jalen Hurts. Tight ends. This could genuinely matter if you had Hawkinson. Hawkinson quite likely got teams into the championship games. So most points against fancy tight ends. The Browns, Conklin could be a good play. However, he's only had one top 12 week all season, so feels very, very risky. Second, Giants got the Rams. I'm all out of the Higby experience, though, to be honest. But if you're in dire straits, he could be worth a look. Broncos got the Chargers. Everett might be your pick of the bunch here, especially if Allen is still out as well. So that is one to watch. However, my two starts of the week are both tight end options. And I'm looking at either Darren Waller or Isaiah Likely. Now, both of these are plays, I think, if you're without Hawkinson and you're looking towards the waiver wire. Both of them are only rostering 66% of leagues. So we know that Hawkinson is in lineups for championship teams because I had a look at how many leagues he was started in at the beginning of the week and I've watched over the course of this week. On Monday, he was down to being started in 96% of leagues. On Tuesday, 84%. And at the time of recording now, he is currently being started in 63%. So people are moving them out of their starting lineups and they're likely championship games, which means I would have a look at Waller or Isaiah Likely. The reason I'm saying Waller and Likely is they're both available, as I already said, but Hawkinson's definitely going to get you zero points. Waller, no, hasn't been great since his comeback, but along with Isaiah Likely, he has the route to the clear thing, which is potentially five plus targets and some red zone work. So both of them are good options, but make sure if you're in that situation, act now. Hawkinson is definitely out. He's on high R, be proactive and move for tight end of your choice, potentially Waller or Likely, immediately if you want to secure that championship. Any other start comments you want there, Ed? Well, I'm really surprised that the Bengals defence doesn't appear in those generous lists because they've been, well, the secondary especially, have been horrible over the last few games, giving up monster plays to average quarterbacks and wide receivers. I mean, Pickens is an example this week. So Bengals have got Chiefs this week. So I'd be I'd be feasting on Chiefs receivers. You know, obviously Rasheed Rice is going to have a big game. Kelsey probably will. But I'd be looking at players like, like Tony, like MVS, like Noah Gray. I just think the Bengals are so unreliable. They're giving up some monster plays. So I could see somebody like MVS having one of those weeks where he gets a couple of big touchdown passes. So, so yeah, have a look at Chiefs receivers, definitely. And like we say, championship rosters you likely set, but some of these players, especially in DFS this week on DraftKings or on Fancy Game Day, could really be worth a look at. Fire from the wide. Right, so um, waiver wire, obviously, um, you know, in terms of availability, there's not much now and there aren't many of you who are out there looking for players, but I thought I'd choose somebody at each position, maybe to have a look at. First of all, at quarterback, I thought I would mention Jarrett Stidham because we had the big news this week that Russell Wilson is being benched for contractual reasons for the last two games. But also it looks like um, the Denver Broncos will be parting company with Russell Wilson in March. Any, Any thoughts on that, Mark? Uh, it's going to be really, really annoying. 
that this is going to be the off-season narrative for the first one. Well, where's Russ going to go? I'm not going to care in the slightest. So, yeah, not looking forward to that, if I'm honest. Yeah, so Jarrett Stidham, I mean, he'll start this week, but I don't think you need a quarterback, especially if you're in a championship game. I'd probably avoid him. He did have two really solid weeks at the end of last season. I think he had one particularly good game against the 49ers defence, so that's not to be sniffed at. I was surprised that Stidham is 3% rostered. I thought it would be 0%. Um, I'm sure that will go up. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's a great option at quarterback, to be honest. I think you had maybe a couple of slightly more appealing options at quarterback. Just two options then. Who I'd look at potentially if I had Tua, and I've already said I'd be looking to pivot away from, or T-Law and Goff potentially out this weekend. Still not Soren Stroud. So Matt Stafford, 76.9% rostered. He's got the Giants, not available in many places, but worth a look at if he is. And then Kyler Murray is only 62% rostered. and has an exciting matchup against the Eagles as well. Both of those I'd start over Tua, if I'm honest. And there is a good chance if you're in the championship game, you've done that with the lights off Tua or Goff, and you've got to make those big choices if you want to secure the championship. And I would look elsewhere, as I've already said, if you had Tua Tungvaloa this week. Who are your other pickups potentially, Ed? So wide receiver, we mentioned him earlier. It's KJ Osborne in Minnesota. Only 33% rostered. Now, he's been very unreliable this season so far. But, as we've said, Hawkinson's on IR. Plus, Addison is doubtful. So, I think Osborne is definitely wide receiver three flex option. Especially if Addison doesn't suit up against Green Bay. He's only had three double-figure scores this season, so do kind of temper your expectations. But there's a chance he could have a solid week if you need someone to plug in there. Tight end. Now, talk about someone who I think you're quite upset at this season, who's let you down in many a places, Chigakonkwo in Tennessee. He's 35% rostered at the moment. Now, I bet that has dropped massively since the start of the season. He had, really, his first fancy relevant week of the season this, this week, this last week. Six of seven for 63 yards and a touchdown. And he's had six targets in three of the last four starts. Now, the obvious pivot with Hawkinson being out is going to the backups in Minnesota. But I'd be wary there because you've got a couple of options there. And I'm not really sure who's going to get the bigger workload. Will it be Josh Oliver? Will it be Johnny Munt? I don't know. So I think a Conquay is possibly a better pickup. Um, the Titans have got the Texans this week. So, you know, a chance for him to keep up that fall. Uh, and finally, running back, somebody to mention who's had a good couple of weeks, but might not this week, is Zamir White. Now, he's gone up to 42% rostered. Of course, he's been filling in for Josh Jacobs recently, and he's grabbed that chance with both hands. 39 carries for 214 yards uh, and a touchdown in the last two weeks. He's been RB12 and RB17. But, and it's a big but, Jacobs looks like he will return in this week, 17, which makes White instantly irrelevant again from a fancy perspective. There won't be any sharing of the workload. Jacobs will come back in and White will do nothing. So keep an eye on it. You know, Jacobs might not suit up, but if he does, White should immediately go to your bench. Let's see how we got on last week with... Fantasy Props. Pistol versus Ed. Right, so if you remember last week, um, we looked at the big game, San Francisco-Baltimore, and I gave you the choice at every position as to which team you thought would have the highest scorer at that position. And then as a seventh option, if we added all those scores together, who would have the highest score? So it's incredibly close, Mark, which is quite exciting. I mean, it means nothing because you've won comfortably, but it was incredibly close. So 
At quarterback, the top scorers, amazingly for San Francisco, were Sam Darnold with 7.14 <laughs> and Lamar Jackson, 22.58. You went for Baltimore, so you get that point. Ding. At, ding, ding. Maybe find a ding sound effect. Okay. At running back, <laughs> CMC, amazingly, who'd have thought it was top scorer for San Francisco, 25.1. Gus Edwards, a solid 14.0. And again, you went for um, San Francisco, so you get that point. Oh, no ding this time. (laughs) I was just going to edit the ding out. Okay. Right, so 2-0 to you so far. Then we move to wide receiver. Uh, Brandon Ayuk got 17.3. Zay Flowers went 22.2. You didn't have faith in Zay Flowers. You went for San Francisco, so that is a point for me. Tight end, George Kittle. Top scored, nice score for uh, George Kittle, 19.6. Isaiah Likely, uh, a quieter week for him. He got an 8.6. Again, um, you went wrong because you went for Baltimore. I think you thought Likely would have a good week, so it's two all. Oh, no. (laughs) The jeopardy is brilliant, Mark. (laughs) Uh, Then we went to kicker. Okay, so uh, San Francisco, uh, Moody got six points. The legend that is Justin Tucker got 18 points. Of course, you went for JT. So that puts you 3 2. Getting excited. And then, if I remember rightly, when we went to defenses, you would not decide. You refused to pick. So I let the coin choose, and the coin betrayed you, Mark. Because um, San Francisco scored three points. The Baltimore Ravens defense, as we said, went off with 15 points. The coin chose San Francisco for you. So that makes it three all. So you chose to go with San Francisco overall for your total points. So surely that means you take the defeat. But if we add all those six scores together, San Francisco got 105.14. Baltimore got 100.38. So you went with San Francisco and that got you the point. So that makes it 4-3 and it's another win for Pest. I literally just typed in to remind myself the score that you'd won that one. There we go. (laughs) I'll swap it over. Right. This week, we're going to go the exact opposite way, though. So we're not looking for high scores. We're looking for low. So this is a little bit of inspiration from Dylan over at Stateside, who every so often runs his lowest score in fancy competition to pick who is going to do the worst each week. So we're looking for the lowest scoring fancy game of the week. So we're going to choose a game. And from both teams, you get QB, two running backs, two wide receivers and a tight end. No kicks in defense this week. You get the highest scoring player at each position, but we're after the lowest score. So... You had first choice, and who have you chosen, Ed? Well, there were quite a few options. There's a few, like, not great games on the card this week. I looked at Falcons Bears. I looked at Titans Texans, Raiders Colts, Panthers Jags. There were quite a few on there, but then I went for the obvious pick. I thought, I bet if you look at the over-under, they are probably down at the bottom in terms of that line, uh, and it's Jets-Browns. I mean, uh, you know, two very good defences, and one particularly poor offence. So who knows what will happen? It could be a monster score. But yeah, I went for Jets-Browns. They would have been my first choice as well. So I had to pivot and I've gone for Falcons and Bears. I feel the Bears are risky because you never quite know when Justin Fields is going to have a monster game. But I just don't necessarily see that this week. So that means that each of those then will have two QBs, four running backs, four wide receivers and two tight ends. The top scores at each position. but we're after the lowest possible score. 
I mean, they're two games that aren't great on paper, so two games will actually be excited if they're boring, low-scoring affairs. <laughs> yes, very much. I can, can hardly contain my excitement. And then next week as well, we will also have a look at our season-long prop, our three-pointer, but it's currently 11-5, so this is all irrelevant, really. It's just a case if I can finish with a 10-point difference, which would be lovely, I think, to finish up, but that's how we'd like it to end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. oh yes, definitely. Sunday Night Bet Club. Sunday Night Bet Club then, last week, it didn't go very well. So it, it didn't ruin Christmas, I'll be honest, but I was disappointed when I checked on Boxing Day. I got one thing wrong in each of the games. So my Christmas Day special, I chose the Chiefs to beat the Raiders, because obviously the Chiefs to beat the Raiders, that didn't work. I did get the over, though. Two touchdowns in seven seconds. That was amazing. Just, yeah, ridiculous. And the Raiders' defence as well were just absolutely on fire. Two weeks in a row, 20-plus points for them as well. Second game, Giants-Eagles. I picked the Eagles to win. Eagles did win. But I'd also gone for the under, and it hit the over. And then finally, Ravens-49ers. I picked the 49ers to win, and I could not care less. Because the Ravens (laughs) won. It all worked out nicely in the end. What I'm disappointed about, though, is the Scorigami streak is over. It's over, Mark. I can't believe it. I had four in a row. Fifth time wasn't the charm, so I've lost out there. I'm hoping to take my poor betting look into this week, though, because I'm going for a Bengals Chiefs special, Ed. Something to keep me occupied until midnight. I have zero interest in New Year's Eve. doesn't bother me in the slightest. I'll be watching the NFL rather than celebrating. It's all about New Year's Day and your New Year's Day dinner for me. Yeah, and I know what you mean. I mean... I think as you get older, you just kind of think, "Uh, uh, uh." if I go out, people will annoy me. There'll be lots of people. Uh, I'll just stay home and have a drink. I don't think we're the young men anymore, Ed. No. (laughs) I'm going for a Bengals Chiefs special then. So I'm going for Bengals to score first. Okay. Chiefs to win the first half. Bengals to win overall and hit under the points line of 44.5 points. That gives me odds of 13.29, Ed. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals won, but yeah, it was quite a dispiriting performance against the Steelers on both sides of the ball. And I think, you know, we're we're still in with a playoff shout, but no, I I think the Chiefs will probably have a bit too much for us, to be honest. But I'm hoping that'll keep me occupied anyway till midnight, because that's a 9.30 kickoff. Uh, So I'm looking forward to watching that. I think we're done, Ed. It's a shorter show this week. If it's edited well together, it's gone very well. I don't like recording remotely, Ed, at all. No, I like to be close to you. It's weird. Um, I was going to say face-to-face so we bounce off each other better, but you go with the closeness. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. It means I can, you know, just just feel you against me. Stop (laughs) talking, stop talking, stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've said all the things, though, for now, Ed. You happy with that? Yeah, I think that's a decent show. Another another show in the books for the award-nominated podcast. And although Christmas has passed, you've still got a chance to check out the Festive Five show. If you want a little bit more of us, that will keep you occupied till midnight. I'll work out what time you need to press play on all of them for us to have Malcolm talking at midnight. And maybe that'll be a nice little treat. Also, please make sure you do head over to our social media pages and find the link to vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards. And also get involved in the chance to win a Super Bowl 58 stadium programme, courtesy of statesidesports.co.uk. We're done, Ed. We need to get this edited and then head out for the TH Christmas New Year social this evening. Yes, and I think it just remains for me to say Happy New Year to all our listeners. Yep, Happy New Year. But Malcolm, we're finished with 2023. It's time for you to please take us all the way home and in to 2024. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL. 
on Instagram and Twitter.